everybody. I am the Mad Jotter. Back with episode two of the beat closing out in the background. Last week we broke it down. MVP contest. Two-man race. Playoff race. And NBA drafts. How the stock looking on the players. So, I mean, this is about to be one of the best shows that we're, we're going to try to put on. I, I'm really saying that with the utmost confidence. Um, we got the sponsors, JottersAv.com. Go ahead and um, go on there. Take a look at some of the stuff that they have. If you're a sneakerhead, uh, they got some nice shoe trees, really nice shoe trees. And they also got some bins, some bags if you want some travel bags. And also anything that you might really like on that website not the best plug i've ever given but it's it's a start and then we got the website going up which is um the dime.net hopefully you guys understand the cleverness of that dot net that never mind it's the assist then it's gonna it's an assist it's gonna go on the bottom of the net but we got the dime.net we got jotters Ave where you can go get your gear and we have the show today putting on the show with obviously the NBA MVP talk, we got about six games left in the regular season. Got to go through some you know stat lines so that way we can understand the importance of this regular season. Um, Russell Westbrook is a one triple double away, one triple double away from tying Oscar Robinson, who averaged a triple double. Uh, but had 41 triple doubles that season. Uh, let, 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 before we actually go into the MB, MVP uh, talk and what Russell and James Harden are doing, I want to go into you know the the dailies, the dailies of what's going on in the NBA. One, um, Derrick Rose is out, torn meniscus. The reason that I want to talk about that is because we we know that Derrick Rose has missed a lot of games. Um, this is going to be his 18th injury. He's missed a lot, over 100 games, because his body isn't able to keep up with him. And most of these games happen. Most of these, most of the time, it, it happens. Well, I know with the torn ACL happened at the end of the season, basically. But this one is going to happen um, nearly at the end of the season. Um, well, the torn ACL was first round of the playoffs, so in the playoff season. But this is what I want to go ahead and talk about with Derrick Rose. Is he's a great basketball player. Let's let's not put that past him. Really good basketball player. But his body, his body is not his body's not telling him he can go. And I know that, you know, Derrick Rose is obviously a competitor. He was getting back, well, according to what he was saying, he was getting back to form trying to put on uh, a show for these New York Knicks. And, I mean, he didn't really have a bad season. Uh, From from what we're taking a look at, common Derrick Rose, I don't think that he had a bad season. I just think that he wasn't able – like, the Knicks roster was horrible. The Knicks roster was – I mean, they – I mean, Mello should have got traded, but he didn't. But, I mean, for Derrick Rose to come back – uh, played 32 minutes a game. Um, he was averaging about 18 points a game. His career average was about 19 points. If you take a look at what he's able to do, uh, 
shot really well from the field when he was playing uh, 47%. I thought that, you know, he had a good comeback season. And, and for Derrick Rose, I don't think that it's over for him. He's 28 years old. He's definitely going to get another contract. It, it d- just depends as to where he's going to go. I know that we don't want to talk about Derrick Rose like this, but he's he's still a viable player. He's still a player maybe doesn't start for you. Maybe he could come off the bench, but the kid is still 28 years old. Uh, he might be injury prone, but he could still put on some stats for you. He could still score the ball for you. Uh, he was averaging four assists this year on a Knicks squad that really did not have the greatest shooters. They had Mello, they had Porzingis. Um, not really good shooters around him. I mean, Courtney Lee, if, if you want to go ahead and say that he's a shooter, uh, but I mean, he did average 18 points this in on the Knicks team. He did average 18 points. He was able to go ahead and, and at least play 60 games, uh, same like he did last year with the Bulls. He played about 66 games. To me, I wouldn't give up on the guy because a team is going to sign him. A team is definitely going to sign him. We just don't know who that team is. I was listening to um, shout out to True Hoop, the podcast. Uh, Black Opinions Matter Mondays. Uh, basically, uh, they said that you know the best team that he can go to is the Kings. And while that does make sense because the Kings front office is not the best, I, w- I wouldn't say that the Kings have great front office. I would just say there's a lot of rosters that he could fit on. Now, does do we think that he's still going to be a starter? Uh, uh, it really depends because there are some rosters that he can go ahead and fit on if the teams are not rebuilding, if they're just looking to go and have a complimentary player. Uh, I think there's a couple of teams that I would like to see him or, or at least get pursued by him. Granted, the Kings are probably going to be in the mix, but there's been a lot of speculation. If he can stay healthy, somewhat healthy, he can go to a contending team, which I don't have a problem with this. Depending on what Tony Parker does, can you see him on the Spurs? Yes, we know that Kawhi is is an ISO player, but also Derrick Rose can really go off the pick and roll. Kawhi can, can spot up and shoot and make threes. They can spread the floor out. I know they have the kid Murray, but he's still going to take some time to grow. Derrick Rose does have an opportunity to showcase. He did this year showcase his talent. Teams are going to take a look and evaluate that and see that he actually was durable for 32 minutes. He played 64 games this year. He started 64 games, but he was playing 32 minutes per game. If you put him in the right offense, right team, like a Spurs team, you only play him 25 minutes max, and then you see what he can do. Because I don't think he's going back to the Knicks. I don't. I don't see any other teams out there that that would really take a a shot at him. I mean, the Pelicans. But then that all depends as to what Drew Holiday is going to do, and would he be able to play? I mean, he definitely could play alongside two superstar athletes, uh, Cousins and and Davis. 
But would they need him? I think it all depends on what Drew Holiday does. But it's going to be very interesting as to see what happens to Derrick Rose and see how his career is going to progress. I know a lot of people were saying, yo, it's time to go. Your body can't take the NBA season. But he's 28 years old. He's going to get another contract. Probably going to still get paid uh, like he's a good player. He put up good numbers this year. He played more than half the season, which he did last year with the Chicago Bulls and this year uh, with the New York Knicks. So it really depends as to a good system, and I think the Spurs have a good system. They could talk to him, talk him up, and say, hey, this is what we want you to do for our team. Can you go ahead and do that and put shooters around? Because he's definitely, definitely not a shooter. But he can get to the rim. He can work the pick and roll, and he makes the right decisions when he does work the pick and roll. And I think um, the Spurs are an excellent opportunity for Derrick Rose to finish out his career. Are they going to pay him? Probably not what he really wants to command on the market, but I don't see any other roster that could really suit the talents that he still think that he thinks that he has. But enough of that. Let's get back into the dirty, dirty, dirty MVP talk. We already know that it's a two-man race. I mean, foregone conclusion, LeBron's out. Uh, granted, how the Cavaliers have finished this this March, now April, but he's out. Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi's defense is there, uh, but when you take a look at uh, the numbers thing, when you take a look, obviously they they have a a really that's that's the problem that I have is with Kawhi is it's great with Kawhi because he's a he's a good player, he's getting better year over year. Obviously a defensive prowl all over the ball all the time. They they're almost a 60 win team. They I believe they're 59 yeah, 59 to 17. The Spurs are they win games, they know how to win on the road. I mean, they only lost 9 games on the road. But the problem is is a lot of people are going to take a look at the what James Harden has been able to do. They're going to take a look at those numbers, those numbers that James Harden has put up. And don't get me wrong, Russell Westbrook probably is the MVP on his team. But of the league, I think that, and I said it last week, I really believe that James Harden should be the MVP. I think that he's doing an excellent job distributing the ball, even though the turnovers are extremely high. But um, I, I think that he's just doing a, a good job at playing the role that D'Antoni gave him. I, I've always felt that he's done, gotten better and tried to get better year over year. And now it's showing. I mean, Harden is showing that, you know, he's an MVP-type caliber uh, player uh, like he was about two years ago when him and Steph were in the running. And he lost to Steph. But, I mean, he's averaging 29 points, almost 30 points a game, and 11, 11 assists a game. 11 assists a game, he's averaging – Eight rebounds, which are career highs. Eight rebounds is a career high for him. 11 assists per game is a career high for him. And I believe um, 29, let me check. I just want to check to see if 29 points per game is a career high for him. But I, I really think that it is. I just think that he's putting up career stats. And obviously in D'Antoni's system, everybody's going to go ahead and give him the accolades there. But come on, man. It's working. He got shooters around him. They won 52 games. They're not that bad. 
at defense. I think they're 16th in the league in defense. Yep. And, I mean, they're playing in the Western Conference, which definitely should be able to ignite somebody. We should be able to go ahead and give him that benefit of the doubt. He's he's the only all-star on that team. Uh, granted that Westbrook is also playing with with um, not that many all-stars, but he's playing with a lot of role players, and they built that team well, around him pretty much. I mean, and when you take a look, yeah, career high, career high. Last year he averaged 29 points a game. I also played about 38 minutes. But just taking a look at basketballreference.com, averaging 29 points a game, having a career high in assists with 11.2, and last year it was at 7. So he's, he's boosted it up four assists more per game. And then also having a career high in rebounds. So this is as much as we love the stats of Russell Westbrook, we also have to acknowledge the stats of James Harden. I mean, just just taking a look overall. If you take a look at this year what James Harden's been able to do, he's shooting better uh field goals. He's he's playing less minutes than last year. I'm just comparing this to last year. He's playing less minutes than last year. Um, career high in, in rebounds, career high in assists. Obviously, the turnover thing is a problem, but he has the ball in his hands, has to make all the decisions. And it might be point two, but he's having a career high in points per game. So, I mean, we could take a look at what Westbrook is able to go ahead and do, obviously averaging a triple-double. And that's great, and that makes a great story for the league. And I would have loved to see like uh, them go at each other in the first round. Is that still even a possibility? Three versus – yep, and that's still a possibility. They could still go – actually, you know what? Because I don't think uh, the OKC is moving up anymore, and I don't think they're going to move down, even though Memphis is um, about a game behind. So that's going to be a great first-round series. If we can go ahead and see them two have a first-round series, that's going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be awesome for the league to go ahead and see that. And like what Kobe said, like it could be a two-MVP season where they're just co-MVPs. But I don't think that's going to – I just think that Harden's body of work is too much to overcome Westbrook. I mean, it's too much for Westbrook to overcome. I just don't think that that they're going to reward Westbrook – even though he's probably going to win the scoring title, which he's almost averaging 32 points a game. Um, obviously, his rebounds, that's a career high for him. Um, his assists is not necessarily a career high because he was averaging 10 assists last year. And he's playing about the same amount of minutes. But he's taking a, a lot more shots, shooting 40. Uh, I can't. I mean, if you want to take a look at stats and what he's accomplished, yes. Is he the one-man team on that show? Obviously, he is. But to be honest with you, James Harden and me got it. And, and that, that's where I'm going to leave off on that because that's the MVP talk. Obviously, I talked about a little bit about Kawhi being the defensive uh, player that he is. Uh, his usage rate has gone up. He's definitely helped the Spurs uh, being the center of the team. And obviously, you can also say that he was the only all-star on the Spurs, but Marcus Aldridge is there. Uh, Paul Gasol is there. They have veteran leadership. Uh, 
not necessarily the same with Russell Westbrook, not necessarily the same with James Harden, but those two guys are playing at unbelievable levels. I just think that you have to reward the team that is right now has the better record. And that's James Harden. Also putting up career highs in rebounds and assists. That's James Harden. Um, we can't take anything away from Russell Westbrook, but that's my pick for MVP. And if I had to vote, that's who I would, that's how I would go for. I wouldn't go for Cole. I would go for James Harden this year, hands down. But with that being said, I want to slide right into the NBA playoff picture. I'm going to break it down like we did last week. Western Conference. Because the Western Conference is, is really exciting. And then we're going to do the Eastern Conference. So with the Western Conference, um, we kind of know who who's in there. But I'm going to break it down. Like I said, we've got the Golden State Warriors at one. They have 63 wins. They're going to stay at one because there's about four games left. Actually, about six games left. We've got the Spurs at number two. They're going to stay at number two. That's not going to change. We've got the Rockets at number three. With 52 wins. Then we got something that's interesting with the four and five. That, that could flip. That might not flip. But uh, we got the Utah Jazz sitting at four currently. Then we got the Clippers sitting at five. And I don't think that that's the only reason that's going to change is because both teams have 47 wins. And it's going to be very interesting to see with five games left for the Utah Jazz and four games left for the Clippers if that's going to flip. But either or, that's still going to be a four versus a five. Um, I just don't see them going any lower. The reason I'm saying that is because OKC is number six. And the fans, everybody wants to go ahead and see the Rockets versus Oklahoma in the first round. I mean, that's that's going to be the probably the highest rated uh, basketball playoff first round series that we're going to see. That's going to be must-see TV, and that's going to be exciting TV because we're going to see basically one-on-one for hopefully five or six-game series. So we know that Oklahoma is the number six seed, and right now it's going to be they're barely holding on because they're about a game ahead of Memphis, and if Memphis could stay at seven, I don't see them moving up. I would hope that Memphis would try their hardest to move up because obviously in the first round um, you got the Soul brothers going at each other and I don't think that Memphis has enough firepower to beat a talented Spurs team. But right now that's the first round that we're taking a look at. And then the Portland Trailblazers who have figured out a way to get into the playoffs uh to the eighth seed. So that's going to be rounding it out. And obviously, being that we have about six games left, we still don't want to say that the Nuggets, who are two games out right now, don't have a chance. But they really don't. Unless they're able to go ahead and... No. I, don't, I think that's it's going to stay. It's, I, I don't think that 
the Denver Nuggets are going to be able to make it to the playoffs this year. I think they're going to finish strong if they could if if they could finish 5 and 1 in their next 6 games and hope that Portland Trailblazers who did lose tonight to the Timberwolves just lose a couple more games. So right now the, the Portland Trailblazers are 38 and 39 and the uh, Nuggets are 36 and 40. The only reason I'm saying that that's that's an interesting playoff race if the Nuggets can get five, at least win five games in a row and get to 41 and 41 if they lose one, just 41 and 41. Um, Poland Trailblazers would have to at least win three games. And let, this tonight was obviously, obviously a lost opportunity. I want to see, like, Portland – who they have left on their schedule because this could be very important. And and I'm just I'm, – I'm building up the excitement, and the only reason I'm building up this excitement is because it's the eighth seed. We don't want these last games to mean nothing. So they have – it's going to be very interesting because they have the Utah Jazz and – Utah Jazz is still jockeying for that position. So you, they have Utah Jazz twice. They just lost to Minnesota Timberwolves, who, granted, they need to win games, right? Portland needs to go ahead and win games, being 38-39. and 39. And to make this a very interesting playoff series, uh, obviously winning six games in a row to push them ahead of the Denver Nuggets was great. But the loss tonight could give some room for the Denver Nuggets and then they have the Utah Jazz which is uh, tomorrow which is going to be a back-to-back for them and then uh, followed by a day off and then on the 6th of April they're going to face the Timberwolves and then also um, on the on the two days later they're going to go ahead and face the Utah Jazz those two games are going to be at home Timberwolves and Jazz are going to be at home and then they face the Spurs and they face the Pelicans so, I mean, it really depends if the Spurs want to rest uh, players on the 10th of April. Then then we're going to go ahead and see what happens uh, to the Trailblazers. And let's, let's go ahead and go back and kind of figure out what the Nuggets have to do in order to, to actually make the playoffs. So, the Nuggets have about six games left. The Portland Trailblazers... Really, just need to win three games. If they can win three games and, and finish at forty-one to forty-one, I think and I believe that they hold a tie over the Nuggets. But let's go ahead and take a look here. Who the Nuggets have in their last six games? They're gonna have to play play the Pelicans, which is is the Pelicans still have chemistry and teamwork to uh, root for, and then they're gonna have to play uh, hopefully a playoff ready a, a, a team that's trying to go ahead and be a playoff ready team which is the Rockets, and you know that, that's a hit or miss because that's going to be on, on a back-to-back, and they have to face the Rockets at the Rockets. So they're going to be in New Orleans. Then they're going to travel to Houston and face uh, the Rockets. Then they're going to have to come back home to Denver and face the Pelicans, then face the Thunder, who the Thunder are still jockeying for position, so they don't want to get the seventh seed. They're trying to still fight for that sixth seed, so they still might be playing. Uh, Dallas might not, but the last game that they have, the 12th of April, against the Thunder, 
could be a very important game. That could be the game that either they see the playoffs or they don't see the playoffs. But they would have to really start winning like they did against Miami, and they were able to go ahead and get that win there. But um, that real that three-game losing streak to end March really hurt them. But what I was trying to say is that this playoff race is, I'm trying to make it a little bit interesting, but it, all in all, I just think the top eight teams are going to be right then or there. It's just I don't think that they're going to change much. I think the Clippers and the Jazz might flip-flop. Uh, but that's still a four versus five seed. They're going to face each other in the playoffs. And the only other flip-flop that I could definitely just take a look at is Memphis Grizzlies and OKC. But I don't, I, I don't think the league wants to see the Grizzlies versus the Rockets, and I don't think anybody wants to see OKC versus Spurs. So the Grizzlies are going to hopefully – Hold that seventh seed. And then from there, we're going to see a good, exciting first-round series with the Rockets and the Thunder, two MVP candidates. But let's go ahead and just um, take a deep dive at the Western Conference. We have everything that's going on there. Um, when, when it takes a look at the playoff chances, the, the funny thing is that if you go to basketballreference.com, they give you the playoff chances. And right now, the biggest playoff chance – is going to be everybody's at 100 except for the Portland Trailblazers, which are at 87%. So the Nuggets right now have a 12% chance of making the playoffs, which is very interesting. Very, very interesting. But other than that, let's get to the Western Conference. And the Western Conference, we like to make fun of but I like to call it the LeBron Conference because when you take a look at the Western Conference, even though the Cleveland Cavaliers are not playing to optimal uh, potential, they're not they're not winning the way that they should be winning. Uh, they're just taking this regular season as a tune-up for the playoffs. They still have LeBron James. And when you have LeBron James in the Eastern Conference – that's still going to be a problem. A huge problem. And just taking a look at the possibilities right now, um, we're just going to do a deep dive. Right now, Boston has the number one seed. And if you listen to last week's podcast, or you, or you just take a look take a look at the playoff seeding. What we want to do is take a look at the playoff seeding and just go ahead and, and, and really... Take a look at the seeding in the Eastern Conference. One, Boston has the first seed. And right now, if Boston continues to play the way that they're playing, it's it's great that they have the number one seed, but they're also going to be playing a, a team that's hungry to get in the playoffs. And right now, at currently at eight, are the Heat. Which the Heat, obviously, they played them well. The Heat uh, coming off that heartbreaking loss. Uh, to the Nuggets, but they play Boston well. So it, can Boston get a sweep? Maybe. Maybe Boston can get a sweep, but we're going to go and break this down. Let me not get ahead of myself. The two-seed Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously, we already know that. They're only a half game away from number one seed, and great game they had against Indiana. Great game. 
It was a really good game. Paul George really stepped out. So did LeBron. Put on a good show. Then the number three seed uh, is going to be Toronto. And that's going to be very interesting. The Toronto, because if Toronto keeps winning and Serge Ibaka and, and if Kyle Lowry can go ahead and come back, but if Toronto keeps winning and they're able to go ahead and close out, let's say they win three in a row, well, it really doesn't matter because I think they're going to stay at the three seed and this is when stuff is going to get interesting. Because at the four seed right now, we have a team, the Washington Wizards, obviously we have the controversy uh, when they were playing the Warriors where the Warriors were up by 20 and JaVel McGee shoots the three or tries to shoot the three and and uh, Brandon Jennings fouls him. But if you can't stop him, then don't complain about basketball etiquette. But I go back to what we were talking about. Why isn't John Wall in the MVP race? Like, why don't we talk about him as an MVP candidate? That boy good. That boy is good. But at the number four seed, who are still fighting for that three seed, they could, they might still be able to go ahead and pull that away from Toronto. But the number four seed are the Washington Wizards. Uh, number five seed right now, the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. That The reason I'm saying that's an interesting matchup at four and five, because four... If the Wizards stay at four, you have the geek, the Greek freak really ready to shine in the playoffs. Parker doesn't get injured. They're, they're a different team. But it's going to be very interesting because I think that the length and the athleticism that the Bucks bring could be a problem for the Washington Wizards. But the number six seed right now, the Atlanta Hawks. I want to take a look at this Atlanta Hawks roster real quick before we do anything else. Uh, I think they're underachieving, but I also think that they they really did not know what they wanted to do with the regular season. Um, I don't know how Cephalosha is going to come back. I know Tim Hardaway Jr. uh, has games that he's great. Obviously, I, I don't know how they're going to show up in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see what Dwight Howard can do because we haven't really talked about what he can do, what he's been doing, or what he isn't doing. Um, and that's that's what's interesting to me is because they have a, a very mature team and they need to be able to go ahead and put some buckets on the – basically put some buckets. And I just don't see how they can do that in the playoffs if they're – at the face of very hungry Toronto Raptors team. So it's going to be interesting to see because they do have athlete, no, they have size. And if you're playing the Toronto Raptors, it's going to be grinding. I think the type of grind uh, suits the Hawks, but it really depends as to do they have scorers that can really close that grind out. Uh, and that's what's going to be interesting. To me, to see what the Raptors are going to be able to do if they stay uh, at the three seed and they face the Hawks in the first round. So that's going to be an interesting matchup there. Uh, Number seven seed, we have the Chicago Bulls, which I I don't understand why they're trying to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that I'm into tanking, but I'm into tanking if you know that you're going to fire your coach. The roster is horrible. 
I don't know why they're winning because I think that at the end of the season, even if they lose in the first round, because if you're facing the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers obviously got swept them. Got They lost all four games to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, Cleveland Cavaliers lost all four games to the Chicago Bulls in the regular season, but it's the playoffs, and the playoffs are different. I would not say that the Bulls have a chance if they face the Cavs in the playoffs. I think it's going to be the opposite of what happened in the regular season. But I just don't understand. I understand the competitiveness. I understand as Bulls fans, I got yelled at on Twitter. I got yelled at on Facebook. I got yelled at on social media, essentially, for saying, hey, why are the Bulls trying to make the playoffs? They should, if they know they're going to blow up this team, why make the playoffs? But that was my rant, and I digress. This is where it's interesting right now because you have a lot of teams that are still vying for position for the eighth seed. Um, the seventh seed, obviously, is, is still up for grabs. Even up to the sixth seed, really, is really up for grabs. Um, I think Milwaukee's definitely making the playoffs, uh, winning 40 games. But I just think that the Pacers, I don't think they want it. I don't think they want to make the, go to the playoffs at all. The Heat, the Heat have an expectancy to be coached up. At this point, they, they have to try to make the playoffs. And then we weren't talking about the, um, the Hornets. I mean, the Hornets have an outside chance. Obviously, they're only a game back. Uh, but I, I don't think like, – if the Hornets go to the playoffs, is that bad? Is that bad for basketball? No, it's not bad for basketball. Is it good for the Hornets? Probably not good for the Hornets. Like, the Hornets are they, – they had a great season – the reason I say that they have a great season, obviously, uh, they had an all-star this season. That's why I said they had a great season. I just think that from the type of offense that they have, it's not fun to watch. Even though they score about 100 points a game and their defense is top 10, it's very hard for them to close out games. And plus, people projected them to win 41 games this year. It's not going to happen. But taking a look at the playoff probabilities, I'm just going to give you what the playoff probabilities report is based on basketballreference.com. Who said these are their top eight playoff? This is if the season was to end today. Da-da. This is who they believe would make the playoffs. Boston, Cavs, Raptors. This is all in in order, season order. Wizards, Bucks, Bulls, Hawks, and the Pacers. And and this is what's interesting to me is because like they give you the projected standings as to what they feel that they're going to finish at. And it's it's pretty cool because they think that Boston's going to – the best that they're going to do is finish um, with 55 wins. The worst, they're, they're just not going to win any more games and just uh, end the season on a losing streak. The best that the Cavs can do is win 55 games, which is still, still pretty good. And um, I don't really mind it. 
And, and the nice thing about the Cavs is that they have four games remaining at home and they have two games remaining away. So they could still steal that number one seed. And I didn't even go into my conspiracy theory, but let's go ahead and break this down the way I, I saw it uh, from my point of view. One is that Boston is going to have a hard time coming, basically getting to the conference finals. And this is the reason why, is that if Boston stays the number one seed, and let's say that the Warrior, the Wizards stay the number, it doesn't matter. Whoever stays the number four seed in the next round, either the Raptors or the Wizards, it's going to be very difficult for Boston to go ahead and, and beat that team. The only reason I'm saying this is because Boston has that one person that is amazing, Isaiah Thomas is, not putting him in the MVP race because cannot, cannot play any type of defense. But he's Mr. Fourth Quarter, no doubt about that. The, the issue that we have is that, you know, they're going to be facing uh, an eighth seed. Don't have a problem with that. If they win, they win in five, they win in four. The, the most they're going to win is six. Boston, still talking about the number one seed if they hold on to it. Then they go ahead and face a number four seed. And right now, I'm just going to say the Wizards are number four, who run athletic, very fun to watch. If Boston can disperse of the eighth seed fast, rest, and the Bucks can give the Wizards a good series then Boston's going to have uh, an edge to them to get them where they need to go to the conference finals. Now, I call this a LeBron league because it's LeBron's league. LeBron facing the seventh seed. Depending on who that seventh seed is, if I'm going by the, the playoff probabilities, that's going to be the Hawks. They match up very well against the Hawks. They can outshoot the Hawks. They can run. They can play a physical pound game if they wanted to four maybe five then you have to go to the next round and if they're facing the Raptors without a healthy Lowry you gotta start making shots and I don't think the Raptors can make shots in the playoffs against LeBron James so let's say LeBron James, first round, 4-0. Second round, maybe, maybe, 4-1. In eight games, they've played nine. In nine games, they're 8-1, and one, right? If Boston is waiting for them, having played more games, if they lose a, a one game uh, in the first round, and they lose two games in the second round, which I think that's very possible, they've played more games... Cavs are rested. They're ready to have a defensive scheme against Isaiah Thomas. It's going to be a hard-fought game. But I still think the series might go six because Boston might win at home. But it's LeBron James versus the field. Unless he gets injured, I don't see the field doing anything else. That's why I think doesn't matter if Boston keeps that number one seed. Even if they went to the number two seed. I know I had a conspiracy theory last week that um, like the Cavs are, are planning on getting the easiest seeding so that way they can coast through the playoffs. But it really doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. 
what they do because they're getting better, and the way LeBron James played last night was amazing. And I know that I'm running out of time. I wanted to talk about the, the NBA draft, but I think I'm going to save that for the next show because we, we definitely did a lot of Derrick Rose talk as to where he's going to go. Then we definitely talked about uh, the MVP race. I'm glad that we were able to at least talk about the MVP race. And then we uh, broke down the Eastern and Western or Western and Eastern Conference uh, playoffs and what we thought, what we really thought about that as to um, – Who's going to make it out of the Western Conference? I didn't give you that prediction. I, uh, if if KD is coming back on Saturday and the Warriors are on a 10-plus game winning streak, it's going to be interesting to see how Steph Curry and them you know, adapt. But if, if he, he could just plug and play, I think that he's needed in order for them to win the finals but I, uh, or, or even beat the Spurs. So I do think that is a possibility that um, he, he might sit out or might have a minutes restrictions. Uh, against the Portland Trailblazers in the first round, but I still think that the Warriors have been like they have to get back to the finals, and um, KD has to go ahead and put up that MVP trophy. I, st- I I think that obviously the Cavs are good. Um, maybe they turn it on in the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a, a finals of a rematch the last two years, which is going to be very interesting and see what we can do there. But, I mean, this is the show. Uh, I want to go ahead and say thank you to the sponsors, Jotter's Ave, J-O-T-T-E-R-S-A-V-E.com. Go ahead and go on there and get your life together. If you're a sneakerhead, you definitely want to go ahead and take a look at there. We got bags for sneakers, uh, shoe trees for your sneakers, and also storage bins your sneakers and then um, just fashionable style for your sneaker accessories and then also the dime.net the good play on words there but the dime.net is where you're going to be able to find a lot of your inspirationals i'm trying to go ahead and put a monthly together as to you know what athletes really say to each other put a video in there here and there right now i'm up to the 10th of april so hopefully we can get this month done you guys can get your inspirational quotes there and i'm going to post this blog this podcast on there so you guys can go ahead and get a quick listen or if you're on Spreaker just go ahead and type in the dime and you'll be able to go ahead and listen to this podcast at any time now if you guys want to go ahead and get in contact with the show we're going to be able to go ahead and have the dime.net you guys go ahead and put your comments in there you guys go ahead and uh, email us and we'll see if we can get you on the show give you a nice little shout out there if you have questions or you just want to spit bars at the show We'll definitely go ahead and hit Twitter up. I am the Mad Jotter. You guys can go ahead and see me talking basketball this whole time. But next week's show, definitely going to go ahead and put it together for you guys. But we also want to go and see who's the top five in the NBA. Um, Just give that NBA draft.net a look. And last but not least, congratulations to the North Carolina Tar Heels for beating Gonzaga in the national championship really wish it was the Ducks. But uh, congratulations to you. And that, my friend, is the dime.